But it's interesting that the, the times that, are, that Scripture really points out joy is when things are tough. So if you turn with me to Luke chapter 6, you get these amazing, we might try this actually, it's a bit of a practical session. Um, Luke chapter 6 and verse 22, you'll recognize these words. Actually, before we get there, would you like to stand up for a moment? If uh, you're in the middle of the row, you won't be able to quite participate in quite the same way. If you're on the side of the road, just want to find yourself a bit of space, okay? I want you just to just practice leaping, all right? So if you're in the middle of the road, you might just want to jump up and down. If you're on the side, you may want to, you know, leap. If you want to leap around the room, feel free. This is a spiritual exercise, very spiritual, okay? One, one more, one, once, once. Once more to the breach, my friends. I mean, once more for fun. Okay, good. Okay, sit down. Please sit down. <laughs> I have to say, by the way, if I do anything like that, you're not, you don't have to join in. But I was, I was very impressed by the level of participation there. It was fantastic. So Jesus says in, ver- in Luke 6, 22, he says, Blessed are you. Say with me, blessed are you. Now that word blessed can be translated very simply as hugely happy. Now the word blessed has become a bit religious, isn't it? Oh, blessed. Bless you. It's kind of escaped a little bit from that recently. So, you know, people will talk about uh, blessing more freely, but it needs to be kind of rejuvenated in some way. So the word blessing literally means you are hugely happy. So anybody blessed here? I'm blessed, right? You've just said, whether you like it or not, I am hugely happy. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm hugely happy. Not just happy, but hugely happy. Right? Why don't you give somebody some some of that huge happiness? I don't know what I'm doing this, but just throw it around. Right, it's yours to give away. In fact, like everything in the kingdom, the more you give it away, the more you receive. Okay, now let's find out. Some of you will be ahead of me on this, but let's find out in what sort of circumstances you are particularly going to be hugely happy in. So blessed or hugely happy are you when men hate you. Did we read that right? Blessed are you when men hate, not only that, when they exclude you and insult you. You're looking forward to going to work on Monday. Please insult me. Please persecute me. Because I am, the Bible says I will be hugely happy. My happiness depends on you insulting me. It's in the Bible. When they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil. I mean, it gets worse, isn't it? Because of the Son of Man. So what's your response to that? Steve Backlund's got an amazing talk on this called the the Tigger Anointing. 
uh, if you ever want to find that. <laughs> Some of you, oh, there you go. So, Ken Dodd's still alive. Woohoo! <laughs> right, well, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Because great is your reward in heaven. Now, notice that. Jesus went through the cross. Why? Well, one of the reasons the Hebrews gives us, Hebrews 12, verse 2, for the joy set before him. Now, this verse isn't saying you need to enjoy suffering. It's just that joy doesn't have to disappear in the midst of your suffering. And if joy doesn't have to disappear, if you are being commanded and everything God commands, he gives you the ability to do in times of suffering, how much more when you're not suffering? In fact, it's best to practice before it arrives so that you have discovered the joy. And, you know, if you haven't practiced, don't worry, because you will discover it in the midst of suffering. If you're following these verses. And you'll know James chapter 1, if you just turn over just to, uh, I love it when scripture confirms scripture. But in James chapter 1, of course, it says in verse 2, consider it. I like this. Pure. Pure. 100%. Pure. (laughs) I don't know why I'm saying it like that. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when? When things are going well and it's really comfortable in the kingdom and you're enjoying church. No. When you face, and not that you shouldn't enjoy church. Uh, When you face trials of many kinds, consider it pure joy. It's like James has gone to a different level of joy experience. Okay. If you went, if you, are these first, oh, they are appearing up there. Great. Well done, Ian. I gave him, I gave him this long list of scripture. I said, I don't know what order these scriptures are going to come in. The Holy Spirit has arranged them like this, but he may decide to rearrange them as we go along. So, so just pray for Ian. Just reach out your hand for Ian for a special anointing of uh, find, helping you find the way through the confusion. If you look at, uh, just turn with me to Philippians. Now, here's a whole letter, and some people have called it the epistle of joy. The letter of joy. And... Um, just proving I can't multitask. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I found it. Just, just go with me through some of the verses. So this is verse 1, sorry, chapter 1, verse 4, where Paul says, I always pray with joy. I mean, that's going to revolutionize your prayer, prayer, your prayer meeting and your meeting as well. But your prayer life. Thank you. That's what I was trying to, trying to get out. I always pray with joy. Chapter 2, verse 2, make my joy complete. Chapter 2, verse 17, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. Chapter 2, verse 29, welcome him in the Lord with great joy. When referring, so we're keeping up in, oh great, is he? Well done. Chapter 4, verse 1, where he's talking about the Philippians, he says, you are my joy and crown. Rejoice, uh, sorry, 4 verse 4, rejoice in the Lord. The, the word in the middle of rejoice is joy. Be joyful. Rejoice in the Lord always. And then in 4 verse 10, I rejoice greatly in the Lord. Now you've got to understand that Paul is writing from prison. 
And yet the letter he writes from prison is now known as the epistle of joy. (laughs) It's amazing, isn't it? It's just like, you know, when Jesus wants to teach about generosity or scripture generally wants to teach about generosity, he uses poor people. How does that work out? Well, you know, the poor widow and the Macedonians, you know, who out of their poverty gave beyond their means. So when God wants to bring out the joy, he shows you that you can have it even in extreme circumstances. In fact, he's getting you ready to be leapers in joy, you know, when you get persecuted and insulted and rejected. Was it something I said or just the Holy Spirit breaking out? She's leaping. Oh, see, all right. (laughs) Okay. Look at 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 and 7. (laughs) Keep stirring the joy up. If somebody is laughing next to you, just lay your hands on them and increase it. If you've never tried the shh prayer, I, I quite like that one. <laughs> I don't know why I do that. Seriously, I don't know why. I remember, remember Faith Blatchford, a lovely lady who comes here from Bethel every now and then. She's, she's the clicking lady. We asked her once, why do you do that? She said, I have no idea. And I like to theorize. You know, when you go shh. The only bit of theory I've got behind that is it, it sounds good. <laughs> well, you know, it's, why should we be quiet when we pray? Sure! <laughs> joy ought to, you know, ought to make a sound, doesn't it? What's your joy sound? Should we try that? Try a joy sound. Should we just be laughing? <laughs> Whoa! Father! So the people in the Psalms, they went up to the, you know, to the hill to worship God, up to the temple with shouts of joy! Whoa! <laughs> that has got nothing to do with 2 Corinthians, but let's quickly look at it. Because we're. I can't remember where it comes. Oh, yeah. 2 Corinthians verse 9. And, and actually, Joel, this morning, I just recommend that podcast when it comes out, probably Monday, Tuesday. Listen to it, because he's got such great stories. In fact, I'd almost say, you know, um, there's, we do this annex offering twice. So we do it this week and next week, because not everybody's, you know, we're such a big church that people just turn up at different weeks. So we do things like that over two weeks, if you ever wonder. It's not just that we want to double the offering, although we do. Um, (laughs) We want to cover everybody and give everybody the opportunity to give. Um, And I've lost track. What am I talking about? Oh, Joel, yeah. (laughs) Uh, His testimony really is a commentary on these verses. So remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. 
Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. It's good to be cheerful before you give. It's even more likely you'll be cheerful once you've given. That's not a, I'm not trying to draw that out of scripture. I just think that's out of experience, isn't it? Actually, God does release something. And actually, as you sow generously, so you will reap generously. And Joel was in a genius kind of way. He kind of blew apart some of the religious understanding of that. It's, oh, well, you know, we get, we, we're terrible, aren't we? You know, particularly British Christians. You know, we're sort of like, well, if we give generously, then we're going to receive, you know, sow generously, and then we'll reap generously. But, you know, we're not, we shouldn't really be reaping generously, because the more generously we reap, you know, um, we, we will feel guilty because we're receiving so much. So, you know, maybe we should dial down on the sowing in order that the reaping's not so much. And then we won't feel so guilty about our giving. Oh, great. I feel British again, you know, all over. Because <laughs> there is a kind of stronghold in our culture around this, isn't it? That actually, not only is a stronghold around giving, part of that stronghold is because we are not very good at receiving. Now, you know, if you bless me a little, oh, thank you so much. Oh, I'm so grateful. Well, I really want to bless you a lot. Well, are you sure? I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. You know. I'm going to feel like, and if you give me something, well, as long as I give it away. Or, you know, I give half of it away. Oh, because, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm only receiving this in order that I can give it away. Well, you know, you may give some of it away. And give it, you know, there is another side of that principle. That as you, you know, as you sow generously, you will receive generously. Uh, sorry, yeah, as you sow, you will, you will reap. It's true, isn't it? But let's try and get a hold of what the Bible is saying. It's okay to receive. And Joel talks a little bit about, you know, well, so when you receive... You are getting, that some of that is seed for you to give away again. So now, don't be too holy about it. They will like only get, you know, as it comes in, I will make sure it goes out straight away. And I don't want to be, you know, worshipping mammon and under bondage. <laughs> you know, sort of, I'll make sure I've got a beaten up car, not a nice new one. You know, because... You know, there is an opposite extreme, I know that, and actually, uh, if you want a really good book about this, I recommend Steve De Silva's book, uh, Money and the Prosperous Soul. He talks about kind of sailing between, um, between two things, I can't remember what they are, <laughs> <laughs> the poverty spirit and mammon. On one hand, we can have a poverty spirit, you know, well, you know, we, we don't earn too much, because that's not very Christian. Um, we don't want to be wealthy, you know. I'm sure Danny blew this apart on Wednesday night, didn't he, in terms of our thinking. Um, but, but equally, we're not just out to get. And it's somewhere down the middle. And as the Holy Spirit leads you, he'll show you how. And I love what Joel said this morning, that, you know, I, I, I ask God, should I give this? And I look for his smile. God loves a cheerful giver. If you can't give cheerfully, it's probably not, you know, it's better not to give. If you can't give in faith, you know, like anything, if you're not doing it in faith, 
it's sin, Paul says. That's quite a strong word, isn't it? Strong warning. And don't get tied up with that. Just, just find the place of faith. <laughs> Years ago, Carol and I, well, whenever, whenever we give, we, uh, especially to a kind of offering in the church where we're kind of both in, you know, involved in the giving, then she'll pray and I'll pray. And then we'll see, we, we, we like the fun of this because uh, we did this years ago at a Bible week the first time. We had, a, I'll tell you what the sum is because it, it makes it kind of, uh, kind of fun. We both decided we'd give £250 into the offering as an offering every, every, every year. So we go into the meeting. You know, we got the cheque ready, £250. You know, we had a family of three kids and, uh, you know, not, not a huge salary. So it was quite, quite, a, quite a chunk of money for us. And actually, we were about to go on holiday with the kids. And, you know, you need spending money when you've got three kids, um, especially when it's wet. And because uh, <laughs> you can't do things outside, and you have to go inside. So we go into the meeting and, uh, you know, and then somebody gets up and gives a very inspiring talk. And then he says, uh, and he just said, I've flown in from New York, he's one of the leaders in New, New Frontiers. Uh, flown in from New York, and I feel God really wants me. He wasn't the speak, main speaker uh, but he agreed with the rest of the team that he would give up and he would make the appeal for the offering. So I just want you to pray and ask God how much you, uh, how much you should give. I thought, well, okay. We'd already decided what we were going to give, but we will pray. Now, I'm not sitting next to Carol because there's somebody, a friend of ours in, in between us, so I don't know what she's thinking, you know, because we, we need to kind of have a conference about it. <laughs> it would be quite helpful, but... Okay, well, I'm, you know, see what God says to her and what God says to me. So God says to me, double it. Okay. You know, I trust the guy, a um, guy called Ben Davis. Anybody remember Ben? Uh, you know, uh, he's come with the spirit of the Lord is upon him. And he's kind of, in, and so now the giving's gone up twice. Okay. Well, I'll check out with Carol because I may have it wrong. Let's hope I've got it wrong. That's right. <laughs> And then he comes on again, and he says, okay, you pray now. Uh, you know, the Spirit of the Lord has told me that, uh, this is Ben speaking to, to everybody, that you, you should now pray again. <laughs> I, mean, I suppose it's conceivable that God might take it down. You know, <laughs> or say, are you sure? Are you sure you got it right the first time? You know, maybe. and he says again, double it. Not double the first amount, double the second amount. So I'm now on a thousand pounds. And I'm staring into the family holiday thinking, we won't have a cent to spend. <laughs> we won't have any money, Lord. What's that all about? And um, so I thought, okay, well, this is the moment then. So I lean over and said, what did God say to you? A thousand pounds. Okay. Now, we hadn't conferred, and God hadn't said to her, double it, double it, double it. He'd simply said, you know, a thousand. I mean, it takes me a little bit longer to get there. So <laughs> now that's obviously why, why it kind of worked that way. And, uh, and so that's what we got. Do you know what? We then went on holiday after the Bible week, and it was sunshine every day. God is good, isn't he? And a similar thing happened to us this morning. I had to wait until we were in the car going home, and we'd come into the meeting and decided an amount. And God put it up five times. Now, I'm not saying that. Uh, I loved what Joel said this morning. He, he told his stories. He said, I'm not doing this to boast or to say, look at me. I'm fantastic. I, I give loads of money away. 
But I am, I am suggesting to you, and I, that was my point about next week, either ask, well, well, we'll, we'll spend a moment to asking God, you know, how, how much we should give uh, in, in a moment. But, um, but if you go home this week and you're coming back next week, which I'm sure many of you are, then just ask God, how much should I give? And it may be exactly what you've determined to give already. That's okay. Right? There's no, you know, it's important that you are both generous and that you give with faith. Right? And it's, and it's a venture. Uh, but God is good, isn't he? And he's, it's almost like God's asking us to, you know, I mean, it's the one place in Scripture, isn't it, where, around giving where God says, test me in this. As a general rule, you don't test God. We know that from the temptations. Don't put the Lord your God to the test. But the one exception to that seems to be in giving. It's like God saying, it's almost like daring us to believe him for his goodness. So God loves a cheerful giver. Well, um, what we're going to do in a moment is we're going to have a joy tunnel. You ready for that? And, and uh, we're, we're kind of debating, should we have the, the, you know, the annex offering bowl that end before you go into the joy tunnel, or should we have it this end after you come out? But I think we decided before you go in. But, uh, there's no great theological reason for that, by the way. But here's the thing. If Jesus, as he did, and if Paul, as he did in Philippians, were able to find joy, even in the most difficult circumstances, what was their secret? Well, put very simply, their secret was being full of God. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. The joy of the Lord. Sorry, that was uh, Psalm 16. Oh, you've got it. Right. (laughs) this guy's Bible knowledge is amazing. Let's try this one. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We're getting there. Anybody know that one? Nehemiah 8.10. Well done, Joe. Okay. Right, you're on the, you're on the words next week. Thank you, Ian. Jesus, in Hebrews 1 verse 9... is anointed with the oil of joy. So not only is he looking forward to joy, it's like Jesus is joy. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Or is it peace and joy? I can't remember. Which one is first? Joy. Love, joy, peace. Love, joy. Oh yeah, should have checked it. Galatians 2, Galatians 2, Galatians 5, verse 22, 23. So you already, see, if you're looking for this joy tonight, it's already there. If you're, a, if you're full of the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit is working that joy. It's welling up within you. So all you do, all you need to do is kind of let it out. Jesus is anointed with the oil of joy. Jesus is inside you. So you have this joy. <laughs> That's why some of you can't resist it. You've got, you've got to let it out. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, verse 17. 
Sorry, Ian, I'll stop looking. So, what did the band decide to do? Were they coming back up or were you... They're not coming back up. You're spent. The joy, but the joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, <laughs> okay. What we're going to do now is, um, I believe God just wants to increase the joy that's within you. God wants to impart joy. Um, we, one of, one of the most memorable meetings I ever went to uh, was in Toronto, in the Toronto Blessing Days. And it was an extraordinary evening, actually, because they... In the whole week of activities or meetings, they had, uh, they just moved into a new facility, but there was somebody hired that evening for something else, which they wanted to honour. So they had this meeting in a, in a nearby school or college. And the youth leader got up to start preaching, and he, he, he did a few introductions, and then laughter, ripples of laughter started to go around the meeting. And then he'd try a little bit more preaching and just couldn't do it. He started to laugh himself and overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. And actually, I've never laughed for so long and for so much <laughs> in my life. And God just released something in it. And I believe that as you, as you experience God's joy, God's going to lift off depression if you're depressed. God's going to bring healing to your body. You ready for that? Because that seems to be the way that God works, isn't it? Through his joy, he just brings this kind of release. And one of the Psalms, I'll check with me afterwards, but it talks about, you know, uh, praising God joyfully with your heart and with all your flesh. And it's like as your whole body, you know, your mind, your body, your spirit, they're not separate things. And as your, as your spirit as your, you know, gets filled with joy, so it's affecting the whole of your life. Steve Backland has taught us to kind of laugh at things, isn't he? To laugh at the lies of the enemy. And I, you know, I do recommend you read what, what Steve says about it or get you know, some of the material that he, he did while I was here. But what's happening there? God's, God's joy is poured out in your life. So your laughter itself almost becomes a bulwark against the lies of the enemy and brings you into the truth of God's. That's as much as I can explain, because some of it's just a, a mystery. But can I, can I recommend, too, there's, uh, I was going to read you a quote, but I haven't got time to do it now. But I love that idea, too, that, that joy is a choice. It's there, but you get to activate it. Right? You get to activate it. Just like, you know, God doesn't override our, our wills. He wants to partner with us. He wants us to partner with him in his kingdom and so he wants to release that joy. And you just got to say, I'm gonna, I am going to be joyful. I am going to be joyful. I was talking to somebody before I came out today who I, I had to comment on something he did and I, uh, that he'd written. And I said, unfortunately, it seemed to have an air of negativity. Do you know what he decided? And it was a hard word to bring. But what he decided from that day on was to write down the way that God blessed him every day. And every day, from that day on, he started to compile a list of all the good things that God was doing in his life. And then when he missed a few days, and where he didn't feel he had anything, it, it encouraged him to ask for more. Because he'd look back at the testimony of God's goodness, and that actually would encourage him to ask for more of God's goodness. That's the joy of the Lord, isn't it? Flowing through his life. And appreciating God's goodness is, is, is a key way of enjoying that good. 
So what we're going to do is we're going to have a few people to pray. So can we have all you guys, the six of you? In fact, why don't we have eight of you? Right, John and I've forgotten your name. Andrew, yeah, Andrew. And you two guys, can you kind of organize yourself up here? Uh, um, we're going to leave you plenty of room to spill out over there. So I wholly recommend that as you go through the joy tunnel, enjoy God and receive some of his joy. So Father, we thank you for the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we release your joy over our hearts and minds right now. Release your joy, Father. Release your Holy Spirit. So start coming. You want to take this row. You guys come through. Feel free not to come through if, if you're not that keen on it. But I do recommend that you do. Just receive from God.